Section 123 of Loss of the Sultana by Chester D. Berry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 123. Perry S. Somerville. I was born in Clay County, Indiana, on the 4th of March, 1846. Enlisted on the 5th of December, 1861, in Company K, 2nd Indiana Cavalry. I was captured at Stilesboro, Georgia, September 13, 1864, while out with the forage train. When we were attacked by the enemy, I jumped from the wagon and fell between the wheels. The hind wheels passed over my right leg, breaking it. I was put on a mule and rode till noon, then I was put in a wagon and hauled two days in it. When we got to Jacksonville, Alabama, I was left at the hospital for a few days before sending me on. The man that kept the hospital gave me a fine comb, which was the means of catching at least 50,000 inmates of the prison, and his lady gave me a $10 bill. I was then taken to Talladega, Alabama, and placed in a cell about 14 feet square. There were about 12 rebels in with me. I was there a few days and was sent to Selma, Alabama, and was again put in jail, but this time in a larger and cleaner one. I was kept there a few days when I was sent to Cahaba. The last of September I was put in the prison with some Tennesseans. As I entered the prison the boys hallooed, "'Fresh fish!' an article I was standing in need of at that time. I put in a part of the day taking in my situation and looking for the old man Brown who was taken prisoner with me. Night came on and I had no place to lie down, only on the ground and without blankets. The only article I had in the shape of a bed was my crutches, which I used for a pillow. The nights were very cold. Next morning my clothes looked more like pepper and salt goods than blue. I had amusement for a few hours in using my thumbnails. I hadn't been in this prison long before my leg was so bad that I was taken out to the hospital, but to see the dead carried out every morning was too much for me, and I went back to the stockade. I made me a knife out of a piece of hoop iron while out, so Brown and I were in very good shape as he had a railroad spike to split wood with, and I had a knife to eat mush with. We were better fixed than the average of the prisoners. Wood as well as provisions was scarce. We would split our wood up very fine to make a quick fire to make our mush or gruel. Wood being so scarce, I worked up one of my crutches to cook with before I was able to do without it. I next burned a part of the other one, and one night I failed to lie on my cane, and some fellow stole it with which to cook his breakfast that left me in a bad fix. Our prison was furnished with river water. The water passed through the city in pipes to a hydrant outside the prison where the stock came to drink. The people would wash there, and then the water would pass down through the prison for us to drink and cook with, but still it was one of the purest articles we got. I was standing near a comrade one day, who happened to get his foot on the dead line. The guard above shot at his foot, barely missing it, and the ball glanced back, striking the roof. 
I saw a number of men shot and one man killed by having a bayonet run through him. He suffered the most before he died of any man I ever saw. Sometime in February the boys undertook to break out. They were successful in capturing the inside guards, but the rebels ran their artillery up to the prison gate and said they would rake the prison in five minutes if we didn't lie down. One of the guards reported that he had wounded one of the boys, and the next morning the officers ordered us to give up the leaders of the mutiny. That being denied, they then called for the wounded man and said if refused, they would strip us and have him at all events. Being again refused, they proceeded to examine us, making us strip off naked, pass out through the gangway between two officers with our clothing rolled in a bundle and held on our heads, turn around once, and then pass out in plain view of the city. The man was wounded in the hand so they didn't get him. Their next resort was to starve us. They stopped our meal for three or four days, but found that would not do, and when we got our meal and beef we did not take time to cook it. The beef was sour in the bargain. Sometime in March the Alabama River arose and flooded the city and our prison. The water was from two to five feet deep all over the prison. They took out about seven hundred prisoners and sent them up to Selma, Alabama. The rest remained in the prison. The boys floated in wood and made bunks to sit on, four or five sitting on one bunk. The water became so filthy that we would wade out to the stockade and hold our cups to catch the clean water as it came through the cracks. They allowed us to go on the deadline for that purpose. The officers of the prison would come into the prison in canoes. The river was still up when I waded out for exchange. I, with the rest of the prisoners, was taken by the way of Jackson, Mississippi, and remained in parole camp four miles out from Vicksburg for a few weeks when we were exchanged and put on the steamer Sultana at Vicksburg. My quarters were on the cabin deck, on the guard, on the left-hand side over and opposite the boilers. We arrived at Memphis early in the evening of April 26th. There she unloaded a large amount of sugar, after which she ran up to the coal barge to take on coal, and that was the last I knew till I was in the river. When she blew up I was thrown at least one hundred feet. The first thought that struck me was that she was running close to the shore and that I was dragged off by the limb of a tree. I was very much excited for a few minutes, and commenced to swim towards the boat calling for help, but I had not gone far when I saw there was something the matter on board. I could see steam and fire, and hear the screams of those on board, so I commenced to swim downstream. I had not gone far before the boat was all in flames. I managed to get hold of a rail which proved of much assistance to me, and I could see by the light from the burning boat as many as twenty go into the river at once. As I was passing the islands I could see the timber on my right and left, but I could not make to the shore. Some two miles above Memphis I got a large plank which I drew across the end of my rail in front of me 
and held the rail with my feet and the plank with my hands. I lay so near the top of the water that I was almost freezing, and when taken out of the water couldn't stand. I was hurt in the breast and scalded on the back, and spit blood for some time from the effects of the injury in my breast. Was rescued at Memphis by a colored man who picked me up in a canoe and took me to a boat to get warm. After I had been there a few minutes, a young man was brought in who was so badly scalded that his skin slipped off from the shoulders to the hands. They wrapped him up in oil and he walked the floor until a few minutes before his death. There was a lady brought in also who had a husband and some children on board. She was almost crazy. I don't think she ever heard of them after that terrible morning. As I was floating down the river, I met a gunboat, but it didn't stop to pick me up. Also, I saw a horse floating down the stream with six or eight men hanging on to him. When I heard him coming, I tried to get to him, but when I saw his load, I kept clear for fear some of the boys would get all I had at that time in the world, my rail and plank. There was a man by the name of Jerry Perker, of the second michigan cavalry swimming near me all knew jerry and the boys as far as they could hear him would ask what he thought of our case he would cheer the boys by telling them to hold out and we would get out i saw him after we got out he floated on a barrel i had on a pair of socks that bothered me more than anything else they worked partly off my feet and would catch on my rail which caused me to almost sink. My companion's name was Kibbs. What became of him I have never learned. He was cheerful except when talking about his little girl. There were three of us from Brazil, Indiana. Two were lost, I being the only one of them saved. I was taken to the hospital. After remaining there two or three days, we started for Camp Chase, Ohio, but when we arrived at Indianapolis, Governor Morton, the war governor, stopped us Indiana soldiers. My post office address is Brazil, Indiana. My occupation is farming. End of section 123